Well, turn with me tonight in God's Word. We're going to read the first 12 verses of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Let's hear the word of the Lord, reading, of course, from the authorized version, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Amen. We know that the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text this evening is taken from Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. It reads, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And over to my right-hand side, the middle window bears testimony to this text of Scripture. And my theme this evening is knowing and enjoying peace with God. Now, suppose tonight I had announced that it was my intention to preach on the subject of the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Because that's what's in this text. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And suppose I had said, well, that's my intention to preach in that subject. You might have associated that statement with something of the thought of being boring or irrelevant or not very practical to living out the Christian life. You see, normally, 
the very word doctrine, people imagine this is something to do with the theologians, something to do with the Bible college or the Bible students, or something to do with lecturers, but the word doctrine and all associated with it is not really for 99% of the people of God. The majority of Christians come into the house of God and they want to hear something that's practical, something that's beneficial for their soul, something that's going to help and deal with them uh, in regard to the problems of everyday life. You see, in our minds, we have a tendency to skip the doctrine and we prefer something that's devotional, something that's delightful maybe even to the understanding and to the soul. Now, the Apostle Paul, if he was alive in our day and generation, would have been totally baffled by that approach. Because in his mind, he would have viewed that as erecting a building or building a house without a foundation. Or like trying to put a roof on a house without first erecting the walls. You see, in all of Paul's letters, Paul did something unusual. And it was this. He set forth the doctrine first of all. He set forth what we are to believe. And then flowing out from the doctrine, he drew forth practical lessons. In other words, on the ground of what we are to believe, this is how we are to behave. And you see, if you read Romans chapters 1 through to 16 at one sitting, you'll discover that in the first 11 chapters, he spends these chapters dealing with the doctrine of justification by faith alone and all that flows from it having started with the necessity of justification. If you look with me, for example, at Romans chapter 12, and it says in the very first word, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The word therefore means in light of this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, in light of what I have told you about the doctrine of justification, Here's the outworking of that. Here's what I want you to do. Present your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which is the least that ye can do. So he sets forth the doctrine, and then he brings out the practical outworking of it in his life. Now, even within the first 11 chapters, he can't resist drawing out the practical benefits and blessings that flow from his doctrinal statement. Remember, he's dealing with the subject of justification by faith alone. Therefore, being justified by faith. And then he adds this, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's one of the blessings and one of the benefits that flow or as a result of being justified by faith alone. Tonight I want to ask, do you know the blessing and benefit or are you enjoying and experiencing peace with God? Listen to our text. 
Therefore, in light of this, and what has he just said? Who was raised, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, he has made a, a proper diagnosis of sinful fallen man before God. He is painted man under the wrath of God. Man sold under sin. He is exposed to rottenness of human nature. He is revealed how depraved and ungodly man is. And in that condition, what does man need? What's his greatest need? And here's one of them. Peace with God. And that's what I want to think about tonight. We'll come back to the text at a later time. We'll deal with the subject of justification by faith alone. But I want you just to think tonight of knowing and enjoying peace with God. And ask yourself this evening as you listen to the word of God, have I peace with God? I want you to think first of all of the subject, peace with God. I want you to think of the blessing of it. Because peace with God, I believe, is one of the most wonderful gifts that any man or woman can enjoy. Peace with God is really one of life's greatest blessings. To be able to lay your head in the pillow and, and to say as you close your eyes to go to sleep, it is well with my soul. And, and to believe in your heart that if anything should happen to you during the night hours, if you're suddenly ushered out into eternity, for you, you who enjoy peace with God, for you, it would be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Now, now you can possess this. This is a real present possession or gift. Notice the words, we have peace with God. Not waiting to have, not may have or could have, but we have at this present time. And I put it to you this evening, if you're without Christ, that is the real need, the desperate need of your heart. Because that's the real need and desperate need of every unconverted man or woman, boy or girl. That's true of every Jew and every Gentile. Remember the Bible teaches there is no peace, uh, saith my God, to the wicked. And when you think of these words, peace with God, I want you to understand that we're talking about the fact of inner peace. Not, not merely the feelings of the inner peace. I'm not thinking about something that's subjective. I, I, I'm thinking of, of an objective reality. You see, people could feel at peace, but not be at peace with God. Remember, the Bible tells us there in the book of Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 6 and in the verse 14, Jeremiah the prophet makes a an amazing statement. And, and this is what he says. He says, They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, slightly saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. And people could feel that they have peace, but not have peace with God. It's nothing to do with being at peace with yourself. You think of the individual who goes to the doctor and he can't sleep things are not going well for him 
he, he, he can't function. And, and this is all symptomatic of something that's wrong as far as his physical health is concerned. But this is not peace with yourself. This is peace with God. This is not even peace within the family circle. And sometimes families can fall out and there can be war and trouble. It's nothing to do with that. This is peace with God. And of course, you'll never be at peace with yourself until you've discovered peace with God. There'll never be true peace in the context of a family circle who's at war and trouble and fallen out until they've discovered peace peace with God and all the blessings that flow from that. This is genuine peace. This is real peace. This is you being in a right relationship with the God of heaven. This is you now as one of his children. This is you being able to say in truth, speaking of the Lord, this is my beloved. And, and this is my friend. Because there was a time and a day in your life when you were redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. And you were reconciled to him. And you faced up to the universality of your sin. You discovered there was a day when I was without strength and couldn't save myself. When I was a sinner who had broken God's law. When I was one of God's enemies. When I was ungodly and had a bias against God. And then I discovered that God is intrinsically holy and hates sin. And I discovered he's a God of wrath. I also discovered he's a God of love. And then I was introduced to Christ, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And through him and him alone, I have genuine peace with God. See, you'll not find peace with God in philosophy. You'll not find it in religion tonight. You not find it in niceness and generosity. You'll certainly not find it in the church. You'll not find it in your own heart. Peace with God is a gift. It's one of life's greatest gifts. One of life's greatest blessings. The subject of peace with God. Not only think about the uh, blessing of peace, but I want you to think of the basis of peace. Look at our text. Therefore, being justified by faith. The word therefore means in view of this. Every time you come across a therefore in the Bible, you've got to try and analyze what it's there for. Therefore, being justified by faith. Notice the word justified is in the past tense. It's not the future tense. It's not the present tense. It's literally, therefore, having been justified. That's what the, the, the strength of the word being means. Therefore, having been justified. The word justified means that God declares an ungodly person to be legally righteous based on that person trusting in Christ's death and bloodshedding as payment for his and her sins. Listen to our catechism. What is justification? Justification is an act of God's free grace, not a process. 
It's an act of God's free grace, whereby he pardoneth all our sins and accepted us as righteous in his sight only for the righteousness of Christ imputed to us and received by faith alone. It means that the sinner is pronounced legally righteous. It is said to be an act because it's done at once. It is said to be an act of God's free grace because we can do nothing to earn it or merit it. Remember, it's the gift of God, of God's free grace alone. And it's an act that consists of two parts. He pardoneth all our sins and accepted us as righteous in his sight. And what's the cause? What's the ground? It's Christ's righteousness imputed to us and received by faith alone. And I want to tell you it's a legal term. It's a legal pronouncement. It has to do with the law court of heaven. All men are declared legally guilty before God. Every Jew, every Gentile, every religious person, every non-religious Individual, every immoral man, every moral, upright, sincere, nice citizen, all the rich, all the poor, whenever they look into their heart, they look into their heart and they see the fact of their own legal guilt. They see a heart that's polluted, a heart that loves sin. And then by faith, they, they look to the Savior and they see a Savior that was born for us. A saviour who lived for us, who kept the law of God perfectly. Who, who paid the penalty for sin in his death and blood shedding in the tree. A saviour who rose again for us. And if you draw up the connection with Romans 4 and verse 24, 25. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification or raised again on the behalf of our justification. You see, every sinner that trusts in Jesus Christ, Christ's righteous life, keeping the law of God perfectly and earning righteousness. Christ atoning death, paying the penalty for sin, is imputed to the sinner. In other words, it's counted to be the sinner's. It's transferred to, to the sinner's account. And on that ground, the sinner is accepted. And, and we can know for certain we have been are we having been justified by faith and therefore we have something else we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ how many tonight spend the whole of their lives engrossed in themselves absorbed with their own agenda their own schedules they've got their own feats and yet the reality is they're strangers to him and they don't know him because they've never legally been justified by faith. And therefore they know nothing of the reality of having peace with God. That's the subject. Notice secondly and quickly, the source of peace. If you look at our text, it says we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the full title. Our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think of Christ tonight as the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 it says, And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. (coughs) Isaiah the prophet gave Christ five titles. And the fifth one was the Prince of Peace. Isn't that tremendous? You see, peace with God is not due to our merit or any effort on our part. It comes to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about what he has done for us in living a, a sinless life and dying an atoning death. And all that we have or all that God has for us is found in Christ. And it's found in Christ as the Prince of Peace. This is more than something that's just tranquil. This is more than just an absence of war. This is genuine peace with God. I want you to think of something else. I want you to think of the purchase of peace. Because it says in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross. And when we think of Christ in the tree shedding his precious blood, one of the reasons why, of course, he shed his precious blood was that he was making peace so that every sinner who trusts him could experience this genuine peace with God and having made peace through the blood of his cross. Can you get the picture tonight? Here's ungodly sinners. They've got an anti-God bias. They're they're without strength. They can't save themselves. They, they, They have violated God's law because remember sin is the transgression of the law. And in the sight of God, they're they're designated as enemies. Isn't that what Romans 5 says? For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, how much more shall we be reconciled? Shall we be saved by his life? You see, remember, God is thrice holy. And God hates sin. And sin must be dealt with and sin must be put away. And outside of Christ, every one of us are viewed as children of wrath. But once we're brought into Christ, we're no longer enemies. We're we're, we're no longer designated sinners. We're now sons. And as sons, we realize that Christ has purchased peace for us. We're no longer striving to earn peace because we receive it in Christ. We're no longer striving to uh, earn forgiveness of sins because we get forgiveness of sins in Christ. We're no longer striving to earn acceptance with God because it's ours in Christ. He's not only the prince of peace and the purchaser of peace, but think of this provision of peace, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Some time ago, I did a little sum for you and I told you it was this. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You see, we have nothing apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. But in Christ, 
We have everything that God has for us. But Jesus plus anything else equals nothing. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus anything else equals nothing. And that's why we talk about in Christ alone. You can't add anything to Christ. Once you try to add something, the works of our hand, what the church says you must do, this, that, and the other, you, you, you destroy the, the, the finished work of Christ. You can't add to something that's perfect and something that's finished. The source of peace. It's through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word Lord stands for his deity. Remember, he's not only son of man, son of Mary, but he's son of God. Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Jesus Christ, not just a good man and a great man and a gracious man. He's the God man. Let's not forget that. Think of the word Jesus. It's not referred to his humanity. He's a man of flesh and blood, just like as we are. Tempted like as we are, yet without sin. A man who said no to sin. A man who had a hatred for sin. Think of the word Christ. It, it refers to his, his ministry. He was God's anointed prophet to, to teach and tell us the way of salvation. He was God's anointed priest who came not only to make intercession for the people, but to offer a sacrifice. And, and what did he offer? He offered the sacrifice of himself. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of God. He's God-anointed king. And he came to deal with our enemies. He, he came to deal with, with sin. He came to deal with Satan. He, he came to deal with the grave. He came to deal with the law. You see, all that we needed is, is in Christ. The source of peace. Peace with God. It's in Christ. You need Christ tonight. And without Christ, you have no peace with God. But with Christ, or in Christ, this is genuine and real. I want you to think, lastly, of the strength of peace. Because if you read on in Romans chapter 5, right through to verse 11, you'll discover a, a number of other blessings that are all interconnected with the individual enjoying peace with God. Let me tell you a little story. There's a man called Thomas Carlyle. He, he married his secretary and he loved her. But he was a bit thoughtless. And he was totally absorbed in his work and the interests. And while he loved his wife, he, he treated her a bit like a, an employee. Remember, she's his secretary. She, she fetched and carried everything to him. But she took cancer. And she had a very long illness as so was confined to bed. And whenever she died and after the funeral was over, of course, he... He was grieving deeply. You could just imagine. He was heartbroken. He, he was really um, disconsolable. Uh, and he came home from the funeral and he wandered about the big house and aimlessly from one room to the other room, up and down the stairs, and eventually he got the courage and he went and sat at the very bedside in a chair next to the bed where she lay. 
And then he noticed out of the corner of his eye a diary. And of course, he, he picked it up and he began to, to thumb through it. Now, this was his wife's diary or his ex-wife's diary or his late wife's. And this is what she had in in one particular day. Yesterday, he spent an hour with me and it was like being in heaven. I love him so much. And then he flicked through to another day and it said this. I listened all day to hear his footsteps in the hallway. Now it's late. I guess he won't come now. He read on a few more entries. I listened all day to hear his footsteps in the hallway. And he didn't come today either. Thomas Carlyle threw that book on the floor. Tears flowed down his face. He ran to the cemetery. And this is what he said as he laid hold of the grave with his arms as he threw himself on top of it. If only I had known. If only I had known. Do you know when you stand before God, you'll not be able to say, if only I had known. Because the love for a wife or a husband or a son for a mother peels into insignificance to the love that God has for us. Remember the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And you see, you can spend your life engrossed in the things that interest you. You can be absorbed in your own agenda, your own schedule, your own uh, uh, pursuits. And all the while, you can be a stranger to God. And yet the truth is, God loves you in Christ. And God wants to provide for you peace with God. A relationship characterized by peace. So that you can have peace in the storm. Let, let me just tie this all together tonight. If you turn over there to Philippians chapter uh, 4. And this is a wee verse of scripture I used to read regularly to um, the late Eileen Lowe and many other of our elderly. And it says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 9 says, And the God of peace shall be with you. You see, if you have peace with God, you can also know the peace of God. And as you journey through life with all the troubles and trials that life throws at you, and you ask yourself, how am I going to cope? Remember the psalmist said, though my heart and my strength faileth, yet the Lord is the strength of my heart. In other words, having peace with God gives us real help and strength as we face all the trials and tribulations that, that life throws at us. And, and, and Paul could talk here about, in this chapter, glorying in tribulation. He says, by whom also, that's Christ, we have access by faith 
into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Do you see the connection there? In all the struggles of life, you can be in a state of inner peace and tranquility. I told you before, an art competition, three artists were asked to paint a scene of perfect peace. One artist painted a lovely sunset down by the seaside and the sun just coming over the horizon. And of course, that's very tranquil. Another painted the scene of a young couple courting and they're walking through a forest and they've got their backs to the sunlight and the leaves of the trees are falling softly. And of course, that's a wonderful scene as well. And another artist, he, he painted a, a raging sea, a violent storm. And in the middle of the sea, he put a rock. And in the middle of the rock, he put a hollowed out little place. And in that hollowed out place called a cleft in the rock, he put a dove. And he wrote the words, perfect peace. Do you get the picture? Reverend William McRae sings, peace in the midst of the storm. And you see, in the storms of life, whenever trial and tragedy comes... Whenever the tears flow and your heart is breaking, where can you go? What's going to sustain you? Well, you can be sustained because you've got peace with God. And because you've got peace with God, then the God of peace is with you. He says, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And you can experience this peace of God that will garrison your heart and mind that passes all understanding. And that's what I mean by the strength of peace. As you journey through life, do you realize and know how much the Lord loves you? He loves you freely tonight. He loves you without money and without price. He's loved you sacrificially. He loves you in Christ. And you only have to go to the cross and stand and gaze into the face of the Lord Jesus. And, and, and God is saying to, to all who stand there, this is how much I love you. I give my son to bleed and die. That you can be brought into a right relationship with me. That, that, that I can bestow upon you peace with me. And if you have peace with me, then I'll be with you in life's journey. And I'll give you my peace in all the storms and troubles of life. Do you know anything of this subject? Do you know anything of this blessing tonight? Do you know the basis of it? Have you been justified by faith? Do you understand the source is in Christ alone? And do you realize how strengthening a thing the peace of God can be? May the Lord take these few thoughts and bless them to your heart.